Welcome to the family with Alex Brown, Dr. Rasmussen. She forgot to say the birthday girl. The birthday girl. Alex Brandt-Bernard Rasmussen. Happy birthday, Alex. Thank Catherine Brandt. Andy Brandt-Bernard. Dave Schrader. And we'll be right back. Kick things off. Special guest Alex Koch up next with the family. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant. What's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether or not you decide you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy (laughs) if i'm hanging out with you Uh, maybe (laughs) okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant Tommy, I never believed it until now, but apparently you're a pretty big deal. Was there ever a question in your mind? Well, you might say I was a doubting Thomas. See what I did there? Yes, how incredibly clever. Anyway, what's your point? Well, last month I was trying to find you a car to replace the Mafia Mobile and suggested leasing a Nissan Altima as it was impossible to find your first choice. I love that Altima, and I'm actually looking forward to checking out the all-wheel drive as soon as it's known. Well, apparently someone at Nissan was listening to us, and at this month, at Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan, we can offer short-term 18-month leases. That's actually pretty smart. By then, the chip shortage will be over, right? Man, I hope so. The only chip shortage I want to hear about is Bilski dumping one into the bunker. (laughs) By the way, for the first time ever, Coon Rapids Nissan was number one in the state, and Burnsville was number two. Your Altima was actually one of the cars that put J-Lo on top. To learn more about short-term leasing, stop into Burnsville Nissan or Coon Rapids Nissan. The only instrument I can play right there. Yeah. What is that? The theremin? What was it? Well, I don't know what the hell that is. <laughs> it's it's just a very twangy guitar. Yeah, it's a guitar. It's a guitar. It's a guitar. Uh, is Alex ready to go? Seems to be. Excellent. Well, I have a different time for him. That's why I was asking. So the, is this is this Eastern time? What? Oh yeah, it does say twelve twenty-five, doesn't it? Yeah, but oh. he's on now, right? Yep. Yep. Alex, you're with us. Uh, hey, yeah, I, um, sorry if I misinterpreted the time. Oh, no, 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 this it's will fine. work out great, Alex. No, it's just fine. I okay. just wanted to make sure we had you at the right time. Excellent. Yeah, I'm here. Definitely. Excellent. Well, podcast commentator Joe Rogan continues to ignite controversy as a source of false claims about COVID pandemic. The roots of such widespread falsehoods are examined in a recent investigative report. Alex, you came on at a perfect time and a perfect day because I looked at this Blackstone thing. Have you looked at this? The people that bought Neil Young's music? Blackstone. <laughs> Actually, no, I haven't. Well, the only reason I bring it up, and I'm trying to track it all down, because several uh, several listeners, I do a morning show in town as well, and several listeners did report to me that uh, Neil Young uh, sold his music to Blackstone. Oh. And the guy who runs Blackstone now is the former CEO of Pfizer. <laughs> oh. Are you kidding? 
Oh my god! That's what they're saying. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Is it true? Are we true? Andy? Fact check. Uh, yeah, fact see. check. Fact check. <laughs> I am fact-checking. If that is true, (laughs) that is just like, wow. Blackstone. I think he's on the board at Blackstone. Is there anything we can believe in anymore? Well, they claim it's true. Uh, Look, I mean, Alex, I've learned just from... uh, from the Joe Rogan experience, boy, you better not cover both sides of anything, otherwise you could be in big, gigantic trouble, I guess. I don't know what's going on here, but... uh, Exposed by cmd.org. Uh, the Coke Network hijacked the war on COVID. Now, is this the Coke family from Palm Beach, Florida? It's that Coke family, uh, No, right? this is the Kansas Coke family, the oh, it's a... family that uh, owns and runs uh, the fossil fuel company, Coke Industries. But I think they do have houses on Palm Beach Island as well. I'm sure they do. I think they do. Well, yeah. They, I'm sure some of the family members have, have multiple multiple <laughs> vacation homes. You mean they've made a little do-re-mi? Is that what you're saying, Alex? Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit of dough. It, so what is this all? So on my morning show and on this show, we talk quite a, a bit about, Alex, everything is about money now. No matter what it is, I'm outraged. Why? Are you going to make money if, uh, if I change my mind? It's always about money now, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we are an extremely capitalist nation. So that's, uh, in my opinion, unfortunately, the, the reality it is indeed. I also want to turn it over to you, Alex. I want to hear all about what this is all about. Journalist Alan, you, you do pronounce your last name Koch, correct? Yes, that's right, Koch. Okay, uh, co-author of the report, How the Coke Network Hijacked the... Are you just mad, Alex, because if you left a T out, you could be a billionaire? <laughs> I get that sometimes. Um, there's also a, a, an organization that, that I track at the Center for Media and Democracy called the American Legislative Exchange Council, or ALEC. So I've actually been uh, attacked for being associated with ALEC and the Koch family. Well, it kind of works out for you, Alex, because I get, I get attacked just for being me. So it all works out in the end. <laughs> Whatever works. I, yeah, I just want to hear it from you. What, this is, what is this all about? I mean, the Koch Network has been involved in so many things at so many levels, trying to buy influence and have purchased influence for decades now, correct? Yeah, the, the Koch family, really led by Charles Koch, who is uh, one of the four Koch brothers, uh, two of whom were pretty central to uh, libertarian political organizing over the last 40 or 50 years. Um, so Charles Koch is the CEO of Koch Industries, a fossil fuel conglomerate uh, and private company uh, in the United States. Um, since the 60s and 70s, he has been uh, getting together other very wealthy uh, multimillionaires and billionaires who are on the sort of right wing of the conservative movement in America um, to kind of change the American policy network and the American psyche uh, towards libertarianism. Um, so, you know, that effectively means opposing all government regulations, um, right. opposing uh, minimum wage, opposing labor union uh, right to organize, um, uh, you know, opposing taxes uh corporate taxes income taxes all the all these things whatever it um, is so, i'm against it that's a grosso <laughs> moment right there mm-hmm. right i oppose <laughs> it all yeah and that's kind of the you know the the uh, i would call a pretty unenlightened um opinion of government that that people like coke uh like to have you know it's it's convenient if you're a multi-billionaire that you don't really need the government but a lot of people do right, um, right. but the point is you know they've been s- spreading influence via donations 
uh, very targeted donations to all kinds of groups, um, free market education programs at universities, uh, state-based uh, and national think tanks that push out kind of libertarian policy ideas. Uh, and then, of course, the political world, getting people elected who will uh, try and enact those types of policies, um, you know, attack unions, cut, uh, cut taxes, cut regulations. So um, here we are in, you know, 2020, the beginning of the uh, COVID pandemic in America uh, in March when uh, where I live, New York City, was the global epicenter of the pandemic. You know, we were um, we had tr uh, refrigerator trucks full of dead bodies because the morgues mm -hmm. couldn't handle them. I mean, it was it was just disaster here. Scientists didn't know a whole lot about COVID yet. It was quite early. But even then, um, after most states and governors had enacted some form of a, of a government shutdown, of a, of a corporate shutdown, um, to keep people safe, to keep them home. And it was working. But at the same time, we had Koch's premier uh, political advocacy group, um, Americans for Prosperity, putting out press releases urging the states to re immediately reopen. Uh, we had the ALEC, which I just I had mentioned earlier, the American Legislative Exchange Council. It's a, it's a business right-wing business lobbying group that works with lawmakers and corporate um, lobbyists to create legislation. Um, they did the same thing in April of 2020, asking uh, Trump to enable the, the states to reopen. Um, so just from the beginning, we had people, you know, basically institutes, think tanks, uh, business groups that are funded by Koch Industries, or the Charles Koch Foundation, and many of their sort of similar-minded funders um, were, were pushing to get workers back in the factories, uh, back in the plants, uh, immediately when uh, their lives were extremely at risk. Alex, it amazes me you're talking about the Koch family. Very, very wealthy people. On another side, you've got George Soros sticking his nose in everybody else's business. How did we as Americans ever allow this to, to, to even be? Well, I suppose it's been in existence since day one, hasn't it? It just, I, we don't need people sticking their billions of dollars in our faces going, you need to do what I tell you to do. It's getting really old. Yeah, well, it. And, you know, um, Soros is on the very other side of the political spectrum. He's really right, quite a progressive right. funder. Um, but the, the, the libertarian, the individualistic perspective on government is that it should be quite small. And uh, it favors um, wealthy libertarians in many ways, including um, having a smaller government uh, necessitates that these people donate money to various causes. Right. Uh, because they're not because organizations um, are not getting much money from the government. So we have to rely on sort of the, the whims of the ultra wealthy um, for charity as opposed to having a robust uh, federal you know, system and a social welfare system. Yeah, we um, so, you know, it's pretty convenient for, for the Kochs uh, that they've starved the government uh, because they're more powerful that way. Yeah, it's just, we I don't know how people can sleep at night. have a question uh, from a caller. We have Damien on the phone. Damien, Alex, Alex, Damien. I, my question is this, is, does anybody really know what's going on? Doctors, lawyers, anything? Does anybody really know? Because I honestly have to say this with all of my heart. I don't know if anybody really knows what's going on. In a global sense? I don't think so. What do you think, Alex? Um, I, I, I think uh, Damien is referring to the science that's out there. I mean, we've had two years to study the virus. There's been a number of very successful, effective vaccines. Um, the virus is without a doubt spread through the air. Um, it, is, uh, it is spread from person to person through you know, in-person 
contact. Um, therefore, you know, things like locking down when we have a huge surge, like Omicron just happened, no one locked down, um, are, are clearly measures and their statistics to show that they work to reduce the infection rate, uh, they, re they reduce uh, death rate, and they free up hospitals for people who have to get other kinds of care uh, that is not COVID-related. You know, in places like where I live in New York, you know, there's been several times in the last two years where the hospitals are essentially full with COVID patients and other folks who have to get cancer treatments, um, transplants, other things like that, have much harder time doing that. So um, I think the science is pretty sound at this point. There's a lot of misinformation out there. Obviously, we're probably going to touch on Joe Rogan's podcast. Um, so I would just I would just you know encourage people to, um, you know, in general, uh, have a healthy skepticism towards uh, governments and uh, international regulatory bodies, of course, but also to trust the science that's out there that, you know, most doctors and most scientists are, are conferring that, you know, this is pretty sound science. We understand the, how the virus works now. We're just now kind of having to react to the new variants as they come up. So, Alex, my question might be then. Oh, go, uh, go ahead, Damien. Sorry, I thought you were, I didn't know you were still there. Go ahead, sir. No, and I'm listening, so that's all. But the other question I have is I don't have a belief one way or the other because I do not have a dog in this fight. But what I'm telling you is I don't know if you could tell me, hey, get a booster shot, get a um, whatever. What do you say to people that just don't believe in it? Yeah, I mean, look, you raise a great point. I mean, we... Uh, I'm a, I've been a member of the independent media for a decade. I am a huge supporter of the independent media. So I'm glad that we have all this distributed media finally. I mean, but there, it does come with some problems. I mean, you know, anybody can be their own uh, producer now. Anyone can right. go on YouTube or whatever and say whatever they want. If they happen to have the magic special sauce that makes them really popular, someone like Joe Rogan, the most popular podcaster in the world, and then they have guests on who are spreading misinformation about the virus, and he's not questioning them or fact-checking them because he doesn't have a team, he doesn't b belong to any journalism societies, there's no one holding him accountable, uh, people are going to kind of believe whatever they want to believe. And if, if they like Joe Rogan, think he's really cool, he's a mixed martial arts announcer, he's a comedian, you know, they're just going to kind of be often believe what, what his guests have to say if he doesn't question the guests. So, um, I guess what I'm saying is, you know, we, we definitely live in a misinformation age and uh, mm. you know, social media outlets like Facebook are just making things worse. They're not really doing what they should be doing to monitor the, the content that they distribute. So I would just say, you know, uh, it's hard, but you got to you got to find some sources that are uh, trustworthy. Um, and, you know, I, I, I would lean towards uh, established scientists. Um, I would lead towards, you know, neutral or or uh, frankly, uh, liberal or progressive media. I think the right has been extremely on the wrong side of the COVID uh, misinformation wars right now. So uh, I know it's hard. I, I wish I had a better explanation, but I would just say, you know, really try and find the, the credible sources. Damien, anything else? And, and, well, I, that was probably it. I just don't know what to think one way or the other, whether I'm right, right or whether I'm wrong. I just think every day you listen to the news and they're like, well, you have the, what is it, the Ambria thing or whatever. I just don't know if they know what they're talking about. And then you're asking me to inject stuff into a person, and then that's what you do. I mean, is is that the right thing to do? I mean, there there's a lot of scientific data now. We've had two years. Well, we've had over a year of the vaccine 
and we've had two years of COVID. So um, there's a, a huge amount of data proving that the vaccine uh, from a sort of societal level, from an epidemiological level, is extremely safe. And uh, a recent a recent report just came out showing that you are 100 times more likely to die of COVID if you're unvaccinated. So I, I take the odds of, of getting the shot. Uh, I've actually had three, given the uh, two initial shots in the booster. Um, and I had COVID recently. I had COVID last month, and it was pretty mild. Um, I'm glad I got through it. I'm lucky I don't have comorbidities, but I would say if, if the odds are a hundred times more likely you're going to die, if you get the vaccine out, I, I would certainly go for the vaccine. Okay. Thanks, well, that was my question. Thank you oh, so ahead. much. Thank you. And love your show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Very kind of you. Um, Alex, it's interesting you bring that up because I, I was vaccinated uh, a little under a year ago today. And then uh, I had to had to do a five day appearance in Nashville. We live in in Minneapolis, St. Paul, of course. And I had to do an appearance for the morning show in Nashville for five days. So I got to the airport, and they were doing the booster shots at the airport. So I got my booster shot as well. And then I got back, and just in time for Thanksgiving, after getting uh, the the uh, vaccination and the booster shot, I got back for Thanksgiving and spent uh, Thanksgiving in my bedroom eating alone because I got COVID. <laughs> So let me put it this way, Alex. I, I wasn't for it. I wasn't against it. I'm one of those kind of guys like, hey, you need me to help you out. No problem. You want to stab me with a needle. Good for you. You don't want me to do it. Whatever. Um, it wasn't that big a deal to me. I don't really have an opinion on whether it's good or it's bad or it's up or it's down or whatever it is. And the one thing I would say, and I'm not defending anybody here, but if you ever watch the news, all they do is lie on the news. And I don't care if it's Fox or CNN or CNBC. That's all they do is lie. All of them. They sit there every night and blah, 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 blah. It's, you know, we're, we're in a situation right now that people are saying whatever they want. I mean, Whoopi Goldberg just ran into I'm surprised she wasn't fired, to tell you the truth, for what she said she about Jews. Uh, she was fired. Suspended for two weeks. Oh, suspended. Well, she I wasn't mean, fired. She's, she was suspended. I think she's functionally fired. You think, oh, she'll come back stronger than ever, probably. I think so. So, Alex, here's my deal. I, I'm one of those kind of guys, um, you, want, you need me to do something for you, I got no problem. You want me to get vaccinated, I can do that. No no big deal. You don't want me to get vaccinated, I guess I could do that, too. I don't know why everybody's making such a big deal out of this, to tell you the truth. I, I don't get it. It's just either you need to do it or you don't need to do it. Uh, why there's a fight over this, I don't get. Why are people fighting over this, Alex? I mean, it's a it's a very complex answer, yeah. um, but, yeah. you know, I can try and break down a few elements of it. Sure. Um, first of all, we it's we just have a really combative media system. And, and I'm yes. with you. Look, the, the mainstream corporate media uh, has been manufacturing consent for, for a long time. Right. Um, yes. So there, there's a lot of uh, misinformation that comes out of. Yeah. The the, the mainstream, the, the sources that are pretty dominant in the whole media sphere. Um, you know, most most media in America is, is owned by five giant corporations, you know, so um, there is going to be some sort of similarity of messages. That said, Fox News in particular, uh, especially the, the nighttime opinion shows, has been uh, incredibly damaging to, um, I think, the country in general in terms of <clears throat> dividing people up and spreading uh, anti-immigrant sentiment. Um, even in Tucker Carlson's show, some white nationalist ideas that are making uh, neo-Nazis uh, very happy. Um, so so I, I think Fox is in a league of its own in terms of being one of the mainstream corporate outlets, but also being uh, incredibly guilty of, of you know, um, attacking our democracy. 
Um, but that said, I, I agree that, you know, CNN and um, NBC and, and then, you know, some of the digital publications like Politico, you know, right. don't always have the best motives. Um, I think the profit motive can distort reality. Uh, but that no said, you know, there are there are, there's platforms like Spotify that are that, you know, spent one hundred million dollars on the Joe Rogan podcast archives. Uh, mm-hmm. And now there's this big protest because he's having all these um, these doctors on the show who are you know, misinforming the public about COVID um, and he's not questioning them. So I guess, you know, the first step to me is, is everyone's arguing because the media is arguing because there isn't just yeah. some sort of yeah. general acceptance that, Oh, you know, look, the flu came about a, a hundred years ago. There's a vaccine that uh, hardly anyone objects to now. It's, it's, it's a, it's a virus, you know, not super, different from covid but it's just been normalized in our society people grew up getting the shots and so very few people are opposed to them now we just have another one and you know it it shouldn't really be any different but i think there's a lot of mistrust in government and therefore there's mistrust in science scientists uh pharmaceutical companies and stuff that work with the government i'm no i'm no fan of pfizer or any of the other pharma companies i I think they're greedy they're awful and greedy and they're holding the intellectual property rights for a vaccine that should be free to the entire world. Um, However, they are quite good at manufacturing drugs. I I don't think there's any, any serious person who would say that Pfizer, you know, routinely uh, screws up drugs. Um, There's a reason why, you know, one of the reasons why there's, they're so incredibly um, successful is because they actually make good drugs and they have enormous amounts of money to put into R and D. So I would just say, you know, um, I'm as skeptical as it comes uh, to corporations, and that's my job is to report on corporate malfeasance and money in politics. But uh, I think it's it's pretty safe to say that you know the, the Pfizer vaccine is 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 fine, and it's it shouldn't be controversial. And I just think, unfortunately, we have this sort of uh, really polarized society where people are making their kind of you know health decisions based on a political slant. Uh, because right. you know, since the get go, you know, Trump and and that movement have politicized COVID. And it really shouldn't be. Well, I think both sides have politicized COVID, in my opinion. But what I'd like to know is, instead of slinging blame and all this, we have a deep mistrust of politicians. We have a deep mistrust of the media in our country. And until we figure out how to fix that, I don't think we're going to see any difference in um, resistance to what somebody says, no matter what they say, no matter what the science yeah. is. We need to fix the basic problem. We keep on spinning around, oh, well, what this guy did, well, what, what your guy did was worse. It's just like none of this is helpful, in my opinion, and I'm not saying what you're saying is that. Um, how do we fix it? That's the most important thing. I mean, if, if money is the only motivation... Um, and f- and peddling fear porn is the only motivation. I don't know how we get beyond this. Do you? Do you yeah. have any ideas? I, I have some ideas, and, I, and that's an incredibly important question that you pose. I mean, first of all, fundamentally, I think we do have to restore people's trust in government. Um, yeah. uh, like I say, healthy skepticism, but general trust in government. I don't think the government's earned our trust right now. So I'm saying we have that's to do things have. to our, our system, especially our election systems. Um, to instill trust back into government. So big money dominates politics. Uh, we have yep. outrageous yep. campaign finance laws, or I would say lack thereof, where individuals can put in uh, hundreds of billions of dollars into, into um, 
super PACs, uh, outside spending groups, uh, kind of political nonprofits that work their way into the elections. Um, a lot of candidates are beholden to these individual donors, but also to the corporate political action committees that can give to their campaigns, to the trade associations that give to their campaigns, um, host these, you know, these, for instance, you know, uh, U.S. senators going to speak at the National Restaurant Association's event. I mean, these are giant corporate lobbying groups that are actively uh, recruiting politicians who apparently, you know, are, are happy to take their money and, and do their bidding, right. at least yes. to some extent. So, you know, the problem is big money, sort of special interests are kind of running our political system. And what, where does the average person fit in there? You know, I don't have a lobbyist. I don't think, right. I, I doubt you guys have personal we lobbyists. Do not. I mean, we're, are we, what, we've got a couple we're interviewing tomorrow, right? Yeah, yeah there you go. Exactly. Great. Yeah. No, I mean, you got to get, you, you know, you got to play the game that's, that's available, right? Um, but, you know, yeah, most people don't have lobbyists. They don't have any money to spare. They can't do that. Right. So, right. you know, the corporations and the, the very wealthy people are heavily empowered because of our system that allows so much money and influence to happen. Um, you know, elections are two year long processes. I mean, I think it's in in Britain. There are only a few weeks in the last few weeks. The media is not allowed to report on the elections even. I mean, it's a whole different thing here. Um, it's an industry, right? right? So. Um, I think that getting money out of politics, well, I know for a fact that it, it would democratize elections. It would let people with very little means uh, run for elections and be competitive because there'll be a public campaign finance grants to candidates, which is something in one of the Democrats voting bills uh, that, you know, the House passed and most senators on the Democratic side support. But the naysayers, Joe Manchin, Kirsten Sinema. Uh, didn't you know? Didn't want to vote or change the filibuster rules to pass voting rights, and uh, I would seriously doubt they support public financing of elections. But that's just one example of of a societal thing that we could change to democratize the system. And when you see people like you in political office, right? When you see someone like Cori Bush, formerly homeless, a nurse from Missouri, you know, she she is is about as close to a, you know, quote unquote, like a regular person, you know. Nancy Pelosi is worth $100 million because her husband is a finance investor. You know, there's a huge difference. And we need working class people uh, able to run. And we need working class people in government to give people confidence that their interests are being you know, advocated for. But isn't that funny <laughs> when you've got people that are not politically backed before uh, we have a, a mistrust of them as well because, well, why, I don't want somebody in here who's never been and doesn't understand. And, you know, that's why I think a lot of these career politicians stay in power because it's comfort food. You may not like them, you may not trust them, but I know them, right? It's it's the, the, the demon you know that a lot of people yeah. stick with. So I, I, I totally believe we need to remove the money from it. It shouldn't be the richest candidate wins or is, is in the running for it. That's ridiculous. But on the other side of things, we also have to look at the fact that we, the people, have to take a deeper look at, at many different things. And right now we are an ADD culture who is watching social media. And my favorite uh, comedian and uh, MMA announcer, Joe Rogan, came on and said, this is is wrong. So you know what? If he says it's wrong, that's good enough for me. But my favorite singer, Drake, said, no, you should definitely take this. But yep. you know what? Maybe I should because Drake, man, he's smart. Look at the business proxy this guy's got. And all you're going off of is a headline on social media. Most people never click that. How do I know? Because being in the media for as long as I have, I post articles all the time that have an interesting facet to what I do. And then I can go look at the analytics. And of the 2,000 people that saw that, 12 people actually clicked on the yep. link. Absolutely. So if we're only going by the headline and popularity 
we're screwed. We just have to learn to, to be wiser and start doing, uh, you know, deeper dives into what we're doing. But I don't know. That's Your point is right, Catherine, that we need to be able to trust again. But we also have to uh, stop letting our lives be led by a 30-second uh, uh, you know, news blip on social media or a headline that's allowed to capture our attention and nobody bothers to follow up anywhere past that. That's how it's been for a century, though. I don't know how you fix something like that. A societal sickness that's existed for longer than any of us have been alive. Yeah, that's possible. Well, I think it, it accelerated quite a bit in the digital era. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. you know, at, at risk of, of sounding like a Luddite, I mean... The internet could be the downfall of our society. I mean, it really could be. Could uh, be. What, it is. You know, what, right. I mean, okay, yeah. What, what Tom's saying is, is exactly right, um, that we're kind of a soundbite culture. We have no attention span. Um, look, I used to read a lot more books than I do now, right? Like, we're, right. I think yeah. it, it affects right. all of us. Um, and, and so I don't actually know a way. I, I don't have an answer for that because I don't think the digital culture is going anywhere. I don't think smartphones are going anywhere. No. Right. Um, you know, the, the young generations are being raised on – whatever TikTok or the next TikTok is, you know, it's, it's the next technology. And um, however, you know, I think throughout the, whenever technology advances, like the older folks are going to criticize it and say it's going to be the downfall of the future. But I do think that the internet is a whole different beast than the printing press or, um, yes. you know, uh, yeah. early computing. I think the internet is just something completely different that we're going to really have to grapple with um, uh, going forward. Well, I will tell you this, Alex. Uh, my wife looked at me after you said that because nine going on ten years ago, it's almost ten years ago, I went on my morning show and I said, I am here to tell you digital is going to destroy the world. Wow. That was ten years ago almost. And I said, poo, poo, poo. Poo, poo, poo. But, uh, here's why. Because when I first went on, I don't know, Facebook or Twitter or whatever it was at first, I was like, okay, you got to promote the shows and blah, blah, blah. So I'd get on there. And people started threatening me. Now, I'm not a guy that's been threatened a whole lot in my life, I've got to be honest with you. Okay? So I'm not used to being threatened. So I would say, well, is that the radio station? And I'd say, okay, here's the deal. I'll be outside at 2000 Southeast Elm Street in Minneapolis at 10 o'clock. Be there, and we'll have a discussion about what you just said to me on digital. And, of course, they never responded. They never showed up. Everybody's a tough guy. Everybody on digital is a tough guy. Uh... I can't stand it. I, I do not go on Twitter. I do not go on Facebook. My old Facebook page is used to promote this show. Now, thank God, this is a digital show, so something good's come of it. Wouldn't you say, Alex? Thank you very much. Just kidding. <laughs> anyway, Alex, yeah, uh, did you... Look, I think it, radio, is, radio is still a very important medium and really reaches it is. a lot of people. So I'm glad Alex, that that's what you're doing. Did you know what happened this morning at CNN? I don't think I heard. Jeff Zucker was fired this morning. Oh, yeah. What? Mm -hmm. Yep, Jeff Zucker got fired this morning. They said it was for some weird sex thing or something, but I, their numbers are... What a are, shock. CNN, my God. Their numbers are dreadfully bad. Oh, so God, that's they're horrible. What, they're horrible numbers, so that's the real reason he got fired. But they had to make up a story about he, some sex thing. It, he apparently failed to disclose a consensual relationship, which is an, that's absolute, it? It's an absolute BS reason. They fired him because they, <laughs> he was tanking the business. Jesus. Did you ever wow. meet him? Did you ever meet him, Alex? Did you ever meet Jeff Zucker? I, I did not have the pleasure. In fact, I've never been interviewed by CNN. So I encourage the next uh, CEO to come uh, 
Come ask me if I'm a reporter. I like it. That's a good idea. Yeah, he's uh, not the most pleasant human being I've ever... He's one of those guys who thinks he's a lot smarter than everybody else, and he is by far not the smartest person I've ever met. He's just one of those guys, he's very impressed with himself, and he almost destroyed NBC, and now he did destroy CNN, and that's why he got fired, and he should have been fired. He's terrible. Well, I think CNN is a case in point. They had a huge, massive audience. They did, yeah. They were the news source forever. And then they just kept doing the fear porn thing, and people got sick of it, and they left. It is getting old. And they didn't catch up. It's true. It's getting Look, Alex, to to be very clear with you, I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. Uh, When I was a kid, my mother was an ardent Democrat, and I was a Democrat for a long time. Then I went, eh, I don't agree with that kind of stuff. And then I tried being a Republican for a while, and that didn't fly either. So, Alex, I'm kind of stuck in the middle watching both sides going, is, is anything okay? I mean, we have, uh, we have uh, orientation problems. We've got skin color problems. We've got this problem. All of these problems, unless we get together and say we need to, to take care of all these things, not pit them against. Because right now, race and COVID is being pitted against one another. White people, black people, brown people, yellow, everybody's being pitted against one another. That's what digital has done to this world, and they're going to destroy the world if they don't stop. Would you agree with that? Well, I mean, clearly we're, we're super polarized. There's a lot of racism um, still in this country. I mean, big surprise there. Um, but I, I think that, you know, look, the way forward to me um, is through a labor movement. Um, labor workers uh, can come together. They can uh, take power uh, from their bosses. Um, labor, especially, you know, the kinds of uh, people who work in labor unions are often quite racially diverse, ethnically diverse. They're age diverse. Uh, this is a, a type of cause that can unite all kinds of people, and it, it it's not exclusive to the left either. There's plenty of conservatives who are part of unions and believe mm-hmm. in workers' rights. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just the political conservatives that have taken the stance against unions. Uh, but in general, um, you know, historically throughout the world, as far as I know, you know, union, la- you know, labor movements, political labor movements, uh, have have been able to unite a lot, lots of different kinds of people of the working class. Uh, and so, you know, I think if there's a way forward to to get out of this division. Um, to uh, take on some of the inequality of society. I think it has to be sort of a labor-driven movement. I hope it's true. Alex Koch, K-O-T-C-H, uh, exposed by cmd.org. That's exposed, B-Y-C-M-D.org. Alex, thank you. Uh, let me ask you this one last question. How is it that I can exist and, and talk to very liberal people, very conservative people, liberal people, conservative people, and centrist people, and I don't have to scream my opinion back at them. I try to learn something by listening. Is that a bad idea? No, I think that's that's good. I mean, it's I, I can't really answer the question as it pertains to you, but I've had a great conversation with you all, um, yeah, and I, I'm clearly great. a progressive and, and proud of it. But I, I don't, yeah, you know, I'm, I don't judge. I, I, if, if people are inquisitive and and uh, and everything and and uh, aren't antagonistic, uh, I think that's great. You know, we should be talking to each other. Um, yep. You know, but you know, as we said many times, this interview is just unfortunate. We have a bit of a, a polarized society. Um, yeah. Yes. But yeah, I mean, I really appreciate you guys having me on and, and uh, sharing the work of, of the Center for Media and Democracy with your with your uh, listeners. Um, you can check out the stuff at exposedbycmd.org. Um, and yeah, again, really, really happy to be here. Absolutely. Let me close with this. I absolutely adored, she's no longer alive, but I adored a very, very liberal woman 
my mother. <laughs> so there you go, Alex. Take that home with you, all right? Hey, she I've was got great. Too. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Alex. Have a great day, sir. Thanks. Take care. Bye. We'll take a break. Be right back. Some commentary on that. I, that was very, very interesting. It I was. Thought. We'll be Absolutely. right back. The 2022 Bloomington Boat Show is here and going on now. Get out of the cold and into a 25,000-square-foot heated showroom at Dan Southside Marine. A huge inventory of boats means the best deals of the year. Over 60 boats on display from Premier, Avalon, Berkshire, Alumacraft, and more. Explore what's new for 2022 at the Bloomington Boat Show at Dan Southside Marine. Six blocks west of 35W on 98th Street in Bloomington. Visit bloomingtonboatshow.com. Tom Bernard talking with Brad Huckle and Michael Bilski of North American Banking Company. We've talked a few times over the years about how North American Banking Company has helped local businesses when they're ready for expansion. We love talking about the success of our customers. One example is suburban manufacturing in Monticello. They create innovative products that produce clean, dry air that is needed during the manufacturing process. We recently helped them expand their business. Moving into a new building gave them the space they needed to add new equipment and production lines. We were able to step in quickly and provide the financing they needed when they needed it. When we help businesses like suburban manufacturing with their expansion, it's beneficial for our customers, but their growth also creates new jobs in our community. So they make stuff that produces clean, dry air for manufacturing after working with Bilski. Do they breathe easier with their business belt? We certainly hope so, Tommy. And that's no hot air. Nice one. Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. You all have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. I like everyone on this show except for Dave Schrader's horrible ideas, you know. I know, it's, I'm always controversial, rubbing the wrong way, but somebody's got to be the voice of controversy, Tom. You damn right. I, here's what I don't, and I do understand. Look, he was a very, very liberal man. You didn't hear me arguing with him. I was listening. Maybe I could learn something. I do the same for a very, very conservative person. Men, women, doesn't matter how old they are. I don't care. I really have no interest in sitting and in, in arguing back and forth with someone and screaming. There are some things he said, like he tended to believe that Fox was a bunch of liars, but CNN wasn't. They both lie their ass off. Both of them do, um, unfortunately. But I wasn't going to. Why would I jump in on Alex and go, well, you're wrong about that. CNN lies all the time. I, I, there was no need to do that because nobody's going to learn anything from it. That would be my personal opinion. Well, right? I, 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 think he, I think what he was saying... I, mean, I hate speaking for people because I hate it when people speak for me. But um, I believe what he was saying is that CNN was more truthful about the COVID coverage. Not really. I mean, he, I don't think he was talking about politics so much, but I don't. It sounded like to me he was. Yeah, All it right. sounded like him. Right. And again, uh, I, I, I just don't because they believe what you believe doesn't mean they're right. Yeah. <laughs> I, like I said, unfortunately, I always can see both sides, and I I, right, I see why right. people think this way, and I see yeah. why people think that way, and I think that everybody should make their own decisions. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I like I said, I got vaccinated and and I uh, and I got the booster and I got COVID and I I had my little tiny plate at Thanksgiving uh, <laughs> eaten in my bedroom by myself, plate. slid underneath the door. Slid underneath yeah. the door. Fall so I only got one piece times. of turkey. <laughs> Honest to God. But no, I, I literally am sick to death of people like George Soros and the Koch brothers buying their way into yes. our lives. We already support you, pills. You, oh, yeah. By those the way, people, I, I did it. some of the research on the uh, Neil Young-Pfizer yeah. connection thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what it is is the uh, hip. Hypnosis, which is spelled H-I-P-G-N-O-S-I-S, mm-hmm. Songs Fund, uh, owns Neil Young's music. Okay. And in October of 2021, um, the Blackstone Group invested a billion dollars to acquire the catalogs and music rights of the Correct. Hypnosis Songs Fund. And the uh, in August 4th, 2020... They appointed Jeffrey Kindler, the That's former him. CEO of Pfizer, as their senior advisor. <laughs> the yes. former. Former Thanks. CEO, yes. Yeah, so he's got certain opinions. He, so so there basically, is definitely a link, a very yeah, strong but I don't link get, there. I don't get the feeling that Neil Young could be pushed by his, you know, by the former CEO of Pfizer. Neil Young's kind of an opinionated guy who's a hippie from that era. I think if he feels a certain way, he's just going to say what he wants to say. But what I found interesting about it is Joni Mitchell, Nils Lofgren, and uh, Neil Young are leading the charge. Three people who I don't know anybody in the current range even listens to them. Yeah, Spotify people. Yeah. It's not really like... Yeah, they're, no, they're, they're they, all about bands within the last five to ten years on spotify right. yeah i'm sure they got zero <laughs> listens on spotify it just doesn't you know yeah and joe rogan is by far the top earner for spotify yeah. so it's like, i don't it's understand like, it i don't so, yeah. need against joe either. rogan but i just when i listen to him i don't think he's that compelling i don't think he's that i agree well, he has guests on that are interesting but rogan himself really doesn't say a whole lot he just kind of says yeah uh-huh yeah you're right He's, I don't know. He asks I think he's the them. definition of a fence sitter, which is fine, yeah. Yeah. but I don't know. It's like, why wouldn't I just... Like, if I wanted to hear from the creator of the MNRA, or whatever the hell, the vaccine, why wouldn't I just go, like, find speeches by him or something? Or do they not exist? Do they only exist on Joe Rogan? I don't know. Yeah, I don't Maybe know. that's the problem. Yeah. Maybe he's the only one who's platforming these people. But you got to see it, it, it to one level. I give him the credit that he has people from different sides of that on. And mm-hmm. like you brought up earlier, Tom, you're screwed whether you do or don't. Yeah. Right. So he, he brings them on. But when they, you know, somebody's got a doctor, you know, Ph.D. or M.D. after their name and they're talking about this, you tend to lend some credibility and weight to what they're saying. So when they make a, a mm-hmm. comment to you, you you take it a lot deeper, but then there's doctors on the other side that are refusing to take the vaccines mm-hmm. and nurses refusing to take the vaccines. So, you That's know, one th- of the reasons there's such a shortage in hospitals is because they fired so many people. Yeah. And now they're yeah. having trouble getting people to come work for them. But they're trying to blame that on the people, by the way. Oh, they're not blaming so. it on themselves. They're blaming it on the people. Now, one thing I would, and I'm not arguing your point. I understand what you know, you're saying about Neil Young. But as soon as you start mentioning $160 million, I get my suspicions. <laughs> you know oh, what I mean? Absolutely. That's a lot of money, man. That's a lot, a lot of money. But What's your price, Tom, to be corrupted? 
fifteen dollars. <laughs> what do you think? McRib sandwich. <laughs> McRib wow. sandwich. Wow! Come on, don't sell yourself. I love McRibs. I, what can I say? I, I think we what we have to do now, whether it's on morning radio or, or afternoon podcast or whatever, if you're on television, if you're, it's time for everybody to back the hell off yes. and start supporting everyone. Your far left, good. Your far right, good. You know, you're in the center. I'm fine with that, too. We need to find common ground like we did. We all found common ground with Alice Koch, didn't we? Yeah, and it's possible. And speak to each other. No, he was it's very okay. pleasant guy, I thought. Well, it's like, you know, this Whoopi Goldberg thing. Oh, I'm, I don't think she should have. I don't think she should be suspended. I don't think anybody should be suspended for saying something that upsets people, to tell you the truth. I think that if she, if she said something stupid, she apologized for it. And you get on with your life. I don't understand this. I mean, Whoopi Goldberg, I don't like that show. I don't like how she treats people. She has been in the center of trying to cancel people, and she attacks people nonstop. That's what she does. I don't like that about her, so I don't like her as a human being that way. But... I don't think she should be canceled because she said something stupid either. But there's a problem there. <clears throat> the story's pretty old. That Whoopi Goldberg's mother, uh, I think it's, is it Carol Johnson or something like that? Her mother wanted her to change her name to Goldberg because Johnson wasn't Jewish enough. And if you're going to get into entertainment, you should have a Jewish name. Mm-hmm. Is she wrong? Uh, <laughs> I, I will tell you that if you're going to use a Jewish Schwarzenegger. I don't think you can use a name that's not yours because you think it'll make you look better in a community and then turn on that community. <clears throat> I just don't think that's a good idea. No, it's not a good idea. And I yeah. mean, and I'm not saying that she did anything right. She didn't. I don't think she, you know, I, I just, whenever you do something wrong, I don't think that if the first thing is, is just to get fired and maybe she needs like some you know cultural sensitivity training or something Society i don't know seems i just to default to if someone does anything i don't like they must be immediately yes. and permanently destroyed yeah which is that's a what i'm against unhealthy way what, what you're forgetting think... though is it's not society it is advertisers yeah and well, that's yes. all they're worried well, about is that's that if driven by mm-hmm. right but i mean you know you're right people should be allowed to speak and then when they say something out of line, it should be addressed. And if they apologize for it and they understand what they've said and done or have, have a chance to clear up the intention right. behind it, that's great. But yeah. it's the fact that everybody the, – the, they're so worried about everybody canceling one another now. Networks are doing something quick and decisive yep. because in the past they didn't and they took shit for it. Now the they have to take it the other absolutely way. Absolutely, yeah. The probably the number one driver of all this. They're a damned no if you doubt. do, damned if you don't, as well. That's true, but I don't know. I'm okay I, with damning them. Well, like I said, on one hand, you know, people are like, "Oh, good," you know, Whoopi's getting what she. It deserves because she is an advocate of canceling people for their opinions. Right, it's true. And and saying stuff that she doesn't agree yeah, with. She, she should be fired. You're I right. mean, so I mean, this is does this does smack of karma a bit. Yep, it really does. But I think that the pressure on America to be all things to all people, never say something wrong, never do anything wrong, always be perfect in every way or else everything's going to come down like a ton of bricks and people are going to die people are going to this if you don't do this this is going to happen i mean we live in such a stressful society i don't know how how we got here 
and if this is sustainable. We need to take a break and come back with a second hour. Now, the second hour is wide open, so this ought to be, the, between the five of us, it's going to be pretty interesting, I think. Because I'd like to hear everybody's opinion on this, what they think of, of the news, what they think of Hollywood. Hollywood has really effed over America. The lies that they tell in their movies and their TV shows and all the rest of it, I mean, they're disgusting. Um, on the way out, let me say this. The only argument I would have with Alex, and I didn't bring it up to him because it's, it's not worth the time to do, the biggest problem we got with labor unions is they destroyed the entire city of Detroit. They destroyed Baltimore. Those were unions that did that. And I'm not saying that all unions are bad. That's not what I'm saying at all because I'm a member of two of them, SAG and AFRA. They've been very good to me. So I'm not complaining about unions, but you better keep an eye on who's running your unions. And if his name is Jimmy Hoffa, get rid of him before Detroit goes right in the toilet. Yeah. You know, that's the problem. Any organization which has too much power will be corrupted. Yep. Doesn't matter. It's true. Doesn't Every matter time. if it was like, you know, it started out as the let's rescue puppies organization. If you give it enough power, it'll become the let's rescue puppies and exterminate the wrong thinkers organization. <laughs> That's pretty much true. All right, we do have to take a break. We'll be back in about five minutes.